Tonight is a interactive night, also questions help me at nurmuhammad.com inshaAllah and participate and be active. MashaAllah for all these people whom are taking posts and linking and sending to WhatsApp groups, Telegram groups, everywhere, blanket the earth with posts from the website, from YouTube, from Fatima Zahra and donations and support, from the books, seven, eight different books on Amazon, take the link for the book and post it to different groups, post it to different chat forums, post it everywhere until you can post no more and alhamdulillah we don't know like fishing. You send it out and you don't know who that post reaches and our life is da'wah. Our life is that Allah grant us from the immensity of the blessings of da'wah. We're not relying on hoping that Allah rewards me for my salah, I know it's not very exciting. And that he's going to reward me for my Ramadan fasting in which I complain that I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. And definitely not for my zakah when my hand is shaking. So that's not, that's not what anybody should be hoping Allah is going to judge their account with these small little actions. But Allah said, if you guide one person to Islam as if all the jewels of paradise will be given to you. The reward will be greater than the jewels of paradise for the person who accepts Islam. So imagine somebody saying, I'm thinking about coming to Islam and what Prophet described for them? It's because they don't know the value of Islam. So he said to them that if you accept Islam as, as if all the jewels of paradise will be given to you, the weight of what you're accepting is more than all of that treasure of what Allah will give to you. So if you know that that's the gift that the person you bought is going to get, what about the one who brings them? He's a bounty hunter, he goes out and he finds all of these people whom should be coming back to the way of Sayyidina Muhammad because they know that the secret from Allah is far greater, far more immense. So this is our life, is da'wah. Our life is to reach people, not just to sit and be content that I made Salat al-Zuhr, it's to go out and say, how am I going to reach people? And their guarantee is, you post it, you post it, you post it whom Allah wants will find it but it will come to your credit. Because Allah knows best, Allah is the one who keeps the hisab, He knows that you sent the link out and that person clicked and read it and you get the benefit of that person coming to guidance, coming to the way and the, and the ishq and the muhabbat of Sayyidina Muhammad So our way is proactive, we go out and try to do as much as possible to fill our account because we see the storm that's facing us. Reactive people, they see nothing but sunshine, they think everything is great until the tornado's right in front of their face. But at that time it's too late to make a bargain with Allah because your account is empty. That's why the shaykhs and the shaykhs should be promoting and pushing people to support, to contribute, to be active, to be involved, to do something to put into your hisab. So that you have some account with Allah when you ask that your child is sick, your loved one is sick, something is wrong, what's in your account that you're asking Allah for help? This is the time when dunya is collapsing, this is the time to make your bargain with Allah 
We pray that Allah push everybody's heart, inspire everybody's heart to be active and to put something into their accounts and alhamdulillah we don't know how great and how fast that spreads and, and people come to this way of ishq and muhabbat inshaAllah. Bi hurmati Muhammad Mustafa wa bi siri Surat al-Fatiha. Ameen. So you have some questions for tonight inshaAllah. One second. Yes. Uh, if typing has a reality like writing, <coughs> does typing have the same reality as writing? No, I saw that. It, it doesn't. Because Allah alam bil qalam, not alam big computer. Different, different reality. There's a reality in the index finger and the light that comes from the index finger, a reality within the identity of the thumb and Allah said, we're going to recreate you all the way back to the fingerprint on your thumb. With that secret Allah brought us onto earth knowing that we are a creation that can be inspired and that He would control this entire creation like an avatar we are. That Allah inspired within our heart and via that inspiration it manifests with these two fingers. Because this whole world was built by what was inspired within people's hearts and what they wrote. As soon as they drew a diagram somebody built it, as soon as they wrote knowledges somebody read it. So this has an immense reality of manifesting these lights and these realities. The typing for, for notes and this is something else and that has its own reality, you're typing and trying to acquire the notes. But what you write from your own two fingers and when it touches and, and puts onto paper it has a different reality for the kitab that the insan has and has a different energy that coming from their fingers onto that paper versus typing into an electronic format into an electronic ocean of energy. And you even know that if you type your fingers hurt, if you do a lot of energy work and you touch these equipment your hands are sore after a while because they're pulling energy from you. So these are different realities. Whoever can write then they try to write even just a little bit and inshaAllah they should see the barakah of that writing and its manifestation within their own kitab. What you write the angels will write similarly because they're copying from what your action is. And then those haqqaiqs and realities end up onto your kitab and what's written onto your book and they bring the nobility and tashrif and the owner upon the servant and their book inshaAllah. Sayyidi, we get a lot of this question, um, <clears throat> uh, As Salaamu Alaikum Sayyidi. Walaykum As Salaam. Uh, please forgive me for my ignorance but can we have ijazah to read Dwai Qunut although we follow Hanafi madhab? We, a lot of people asking this. Yeah, yeah, this is a, not a problem. The, the madhab does not, do not disallow it. 
So it's not something disallowed by the madhab. You're asking is, is Imam Shafi'i accepted by Imam Hanafi? Of course he is. So any du'a from any of the great Imams is 100% is acceptable in anything they do. So with that you have to always understand the logic. Why you follow the madhab is pertaining to all of their jurisprudence so that you don't mix jurisprudence back and forth, back and forth. But the acceptability of their du'a, it goes to the nature of their character. So they're not infallible but below the level of infallible, they're of a very high degree in their aqidah, their belief, their acceptance by Allah So any of the du'a of the, of the great imams of the nation and the scholars of the nation is 100% acceptable. So that, that has nothing, those, those are not similar. So they can read the qunut after their salah because they don't have qunut in, in their fajr. After they finish their fajr they read the du'a as a du'a, there's not a problem. As Salaamu Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam wa rahmatullah. We keep seeing the number 313. What is the reality behind this? Forgive us for our ignorance. InshaAllah the number 313 is for the 313 messengers of Allah that were sent upon this earth that there are Prophets of Allah to continuously guide the earth and messengers of Allah in which they brought a message, a dictate and orders from heaven. That 313 also represents the 313 awliyaullah whom have permission to speak upon this earth from the heavenly stations and they inherit from the 313 messengers. Those were placeholders for the Muhammadan government. When the Muhammadan government was established upon the earth then all those numbers became attributed to the Muhammadan government. Within the Muhammadan government are 124,000 awliyaullah, 7,007 of those 124 are always Naqshbandi. 313 of 124 have permission to speak upon this earth and they've been dressed by the reality of 313, three points up three points down and the one sultan that emanates from within their heart. And that is the six-pointed star Najmat Dawood, Najmat Sulaiman which is all owned by Najmat Sayyidina Muhammad because their prophecy was only an agency within the prophecy of Sayyidina Muhammad And he's the owner of the secret of that six points. And the six point star has to do with Allah creating creation on six powers and then the is not resting on the seventh but establishing the throne upon the seventh. So then these three have to do with the three points up for the soul and the three points down for the body. 
and how to govern and control the upward points of the soul and unlocking the reality of the soul and unlocking and disciplining the reality of the body. If the body and the soul come together and form the star, Allah's throne will be upon the servant's heart. So then they become stars upon this earth and as a result of their becoming a star then they emit a light and that is a, a light of guidance in which to guide souls back to the reality of the heavens inshaAllah. That's just a very short two minute description but there are talks on the website you go to Nu Muhammad inshaAllah and you can type in regarding the Najm al-Dawood or the six-pointed star and the very deep realities of, of that reality and that we're made from these two stars, two triangles, inshaAllah. So many different realities in that teaching. The 666 up, 666 down makes 36 and the perfection of the Divine Heart. Dajjal is coming only for the down, 666 down because each triangle is a 60 degree angle and we don't have zero so we have six nuqt, six nuqt, six nuqt, so this becomes 666 down. So Dajjal is coming only to give people their dunya, he represents nothing from the world of heavens and is devoid of heavenly light. So the believer's responsibility is to open up their points up, their soul, their heart and their good character. Their Islam, Iman wa Maqam al-Ihsan. They open these realities of the soul, Allah begin to dress them from the perfection of their light. And then Prophet comes and trains them on how to discipline the self and have good character for the self so that the soul is governing their body and they become perfected. As a result Allah's power is upon their heart and each to different degrees and to different realities inshaAllah. As Salaamu Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam wa rahmatullah With all of the difficulties now taking place on earth it seems as though getting married and having children is not a good idea, is this incorrect? With all the difficulties coming upon the earth, getting married and having children right now doesn't seem to be a very good idea <laughs> No, you know there's a, a reality that there's difficulty always coming upon the earth. So that's not going to stop anything and whatever Allah gave us of a time on earth it's for a greater reality in the hereafter. So the children that one has it's not for earth. Although your time with them is 60, 70, 80, 90 years actually the relationship that you have with them is for all of eternity. So what you establish upon this earth is for your eternal journey within the oceans of Allah's reality. So that, that has a, a great and deep meaning within the reality of the souls and the reality of the kingdom of light. So we're not here thinking that we're, we're just going to establish a life on earth and it was going to be pleasant. 
that what we establish upon the earth has to do with the reality that we have for all of eternity. So we don't try to lose focus of our eternal journey, everything makes sense. Every child that comes into this world is for your paradise reality, inshaAllah. As Salaamu Alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa During the zikr with eyes closed, does seeing certain numbers, food items or any creatures have any significance and how to interpret what they mean? No, that when, when we teach the meditation that you keep your eyes closed and focus on the shaykh being right in front of you and you slightly tip your head and focus the shaykh is right in front of you asking that the shaykh's light enter into your heart and keep that coordinates. Everything else is the world of imagination going to come to you. So this is not about closing your eyes and getting sleepy, drifting off, you know you're on a vacation somewhere, you're roaming here, roaming there, see a grape and then I had a kebab and then I was here doing this and that. That's when the mind is going in different directions. So those things pay no attention to them. Try to keep the focus on the shaykh being in front of you and the fires of the shaykh is dressing you. And even if you don't see it, you're asking for it and say that, please dress me from that light, feel the light entering into the heart and controlling your head. People who have a very active imagination, they're head strong, head heavy. As soon as they close their eyes, they're going to be all over, it's like fantasy land for them. They'll be everywhere in their head, flying, doing this and that's why the meditation is very specific. That you close your eyes, visualize yourself Ruza Sharif in the presence of Prophet your shaykh is right in front of you and asking, you ask that, please send your light into my heart. Not that you enter his heart, it won't happen, it's just your light enter into my heart and you keep that until you're firm with that and that it begin to open within the heart and feel the fires coming into the heart and then keeping that focus because shaitan is going to distract with every other type of imagination and again keeping the focus that I'm at Rosa Sharif and I'm asking for the shaykh always to be present and that that light comes. If you lose that now it's like uh, Again by analogy, it's like you're driving in a very dangerous neighborhood and you took off all your security. Because anytime you close your eyes and try to meditate without the coordinates of connecting with the shaykh, you don't know who's in front of you now. So if you don't do the madad and you don't do the practice and you sit and just close your eyes, well shaitan can sit in front of you and begin to show you all sorts of things build a relationship and uh, familiarity and before you know it you're like, oh my god I never asked for madad, I'm just connecting and these things are coming. But that could be shaitan there, that could be a nefarious jinn trying to do that. 
So the whole concept of A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, Bismillahir Rahmanir Raheem and then asking madad, asking that Ya Rabbi with your power and your might and with the presence of Sayyidina Muhammad and asking for the madad of my shaykhs and asking for my shaykh that whom I know and we described this before in nights previous, that's why you have to get the meditation book. The, what's the, the meditation book? Timeless Reality. Yeah, we don't have it up here. You have to get that book because it goes through all of these, these subjects. So with that you're meditating and contemplating the coordinates have to be very secure. Who am I in front of and what tajalli am I asking? And that's like a GPS system, that is a protection against shaitan trying to interfere with the signal and begin to hijack all the person's spiritual practices. Because if a nefarious creature comes into the practice and just start to show the person and present themselves as something and hey it could go all over the place. So just imagine the spectrum of how bad things can go and that's the danger of it and why they taught this system is a safeguard against that. That you ask for the madad, the shaykh that I know has to be there and that's why we said it's a shaykh that you know because you hear the voice. If you're hoping that you're going to meditate and hear someone else's voice to you that's like wahi, that's never going to happen. And if that happens that's a jinn impersonating sounds. The system on how you'll be taught is you're going to hear your own voice talking to you and you have the possibility of hearing the shaykh's voice whom you are very familiar with. That's why you become familiar with them. You listen to all the videos, listen to all the teachings, 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 so much so they're laughing, crying, smiling, all their mannerisms are burned within your being because you know them, you listen to them. So when you sit and meditate and visualize them, you know how he's talking to you because you've watched him a hundred times. That's what's important, that mannerism and that fires will begin to communicate to you in your heart. How could that possibly happen when you don't know somebody? Because you're not at a station of prophecy astaghfirullah, so there's no risalat, there's, there's only ilham and inspiration but from what you know. There's never an inspiration from something completely unknown to you. That's when the jinn start to interfere. When a child doesn't know anything and all of a sudden is reciting Qur'an, a jinn has entered into them. And it could be a Muslim jinn but it's not a mu'min jinn. All of a sudden the child is, is reciting every type of qiraat al-Qur'an. That's not because the, Allah downloaded something to them, that's because a jinn entered into them. So all of these things the shaykhs know about these things, they know these dangers and that's why it's very specific. Close your eyes, connect with your shaykh, you're familiar with his sound, his mannerisms and when the fires begin to come to your heart you know that's the shaykh. That's the shaykh that you listen to, the shaykh that you understand. He will begin to teach you when your connection is strong with him he will begin to inspire and introduce his shaykhs into the association. At that time you're safe and the, the teachings will start to take place. But they don't do that from beginning because you're not familiar with anyone else and that could be a nefarious creature coming in impersonating this, impersonating that. So there's a very strong discipline, inshaAllah.
Assalamualaikum Sayyidi Walaikum Assalam Rahmatullah Does uh, playing Qur'an 24 hours a day in the room help against these attacks and these beings? Playing Qur'an 24 hours a day in the room does it ha help against these beings and attacks? Alhamdulillah Qur'an always has a, has a help. Uh, keeping the lights on, if you think there's something wrong in a room you can keep the lights on for a period of days, you can play Qur'an, you can play the du'as that have been released by the shaykhs. That's why you don't have to invent these things for yourself. We have playlists that have the different du'as and the different uh, recitations, the different surahs that uh, have been recommended and the most powerful is playing salawats. As soon as you play salawats within the room there are angels that come back and have to reply to those salawats. There are beings as soon as they hear these salawats they have to join and make the salawats. And so because of that they bring a Muhammadan presence into the room that the nefarious beings they have no interest in, in that light and, and that burns them. So that has its own reality. As soon as you're playing salawats do you think the angels are just listening and say, oh this is like nice or they are replying to the salawats and having to praise upon Sayyidina Muhammad within the room which creates an immense amount of power and energy and all the mu'min jinns that are living within that home and, and the, the different pious souls that are passing through that area then they will stop and make their salawats and praisings upon Sayyidina Muhammad inshaAllah. As Salaamu Alaykum With how dark and uncertain these times are, <coughs> how much of a priority should it be for us to make hajj to fulfill our spiritual obligation? With the amount of difficulty and darkness, what's the priority to make hajj? Well, hajj alhamdulillah we make every year intention to make hajj and this 12 month is a hijrah into the heart of the Divine the Presence. So this is a spiritual hajj and if people can make the physical hajj and it's open then you know, that's you know if Allah gives the permission and, and people have the means and the ability then they, they go. But just as important as the physical is that you have to be prepared for that hajj. So you're doing all the spiritual practices so that when you go for hajj you know what you're doing. What does the Kaaba represent? So if you have the book on the realities of the hajj then you're saying, before I go for the hajj and spend all my money and spend all my effort, what does the Kaaba represent? What does the Safa Marwa represent? What does the Tawaf represent? Imagine going for hajj and you don't know that the secret is in Medina and you went and spent $15,000 and According to their packages you went for only one day into Medina and left and it would be a disaster. So that's why it's better to study the reality, be from the reality and then when Allah calls you for the physical, alhamdulillah. And even if you have the ability to make umrah then you try to make an umrah inshaAllah. As Salaamu Alaykum I just watched the video about how drawing cartoons can make manifestations. Does destroying pictures prevent this and can pictures I drew as a kid still impact me? Madad Ya Rasulullah. 
I, I just watched a video on drawing and how the drawing can manifest and by just tearing them up can I stop the manifestation and the pictures that I drew as a child can they be destroyed? Yeah inshaAllah I don't, I don't think anybody drew such evil pictures they have to be worried about. But it's just to go as a teaching that the things that, that we're drawing and doing with our hands they, they manifest an energy. And then to be vigilant with the children that, oh don't draw this bad thing, try to draw something nice, write Allah's name, write Sayyidina Muhammad's name, do good things. And just to be vigilant on the knowledge and the reality. Because once we understood that reality then we understand why we're writing notes on, on these haqqaiqs because they manifest and they're a protection for us. So when you're writing notes from these teachings they have uh, angelic realities and lights and dressings upon us. And then the bad images that people have drawn or thing if they can destroy those then alhamdulillah they just destroy those and, and it shouldn't have been so bad that it's haunting them for all their life. Um, if we feel a negative energy from a gift given to us, how should we dispose of it? If we feel a negative energy from a gift that was given to us, how should we dispose of it? Yeah, to, to put it into water. If it's small you can flush it, if it's a little bit bigger throw it into the river, throw it into water to any type of running water and uh, inshaAllah water to dispose of it and take away its negativity. And just to be aware of what you eat and what you drink and make du'a upon everything. Things that you have to eat and that you're not able to sort of refrain because they're all family members then you should have a strong way of making your du'as. And that's why the Nashbandi du'as are, are very powerful, Ya Sharif al-Nabi by the sanctity and the power of Sayyidina Muhammad And you read the du'a you're asking from all the shaykhs, Ya Sharif al-Nabi kiram I'm admitting my weakness and asking in the name of all these great souls, bless what I'm about to eat. So it would have a tremendous, tremendous effect and blessing. And anytime you go somewhere you should be in wudu, you should have your taweez, you're like a spiritual soldier that is always moving and you never disarm yourself, there's never time to be disarmed. As long as you live like that inshaAllah you shouldn't see difficulty. But you usually hear the most is when somebody dropped this, they didn't do this, they, they, they pick and choose what they want to do. So it means that you have your taweez, you keep your wudu, you make your madad, you do your awrad daily, you do all your practices and you eat and drink in the same manner. And as a result alhamdulillah whatever you're doing then it's a sort of blanket protection from what you know is trying to harm you and from what you don't know is that's trying to harm inshaAllah. As Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam if we are watching from home during the zikr, is it better to meditate or sing along? What we're saying. Well, I think the two can be done at the same time. That you connect your heart and the connection is just for a few minutes of asking to be connected, visualize that you're connected and then you recite. And the ones that you have to look, you look at them and recite 
and slightly close your eyes and, and feel your presence in the presence of, of how you meditate that you're dressed with them, you're in their presence and you're reciting. So they go hand in hand. It shouldn't be either or but it should be a, like a dual state of always in a state of meditation and contemplation and then looking at the words and reciting and then sort of, sort of dimming your eyesight a little bit so that you're connecting your heart and keeping your heart connected. Click the link now to subscribe.